This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Bruce Claggett in for Jazz. Thanks for spending this portion of your Wednesday afternoon with us. Let's talk a little bit about Milwaukee and what's happening there tonight. Eight Republican presidential candidates, not named Donald Trump, are going to be competing tonight in the highly anticipated first debate of the primary season. Well, the former president, current GOP frontrunner, by a long shot, plans to skip the whole thing and is taking part in a bit of a counter-program. His interview pre-taped with conservative commentator Tucker Carlson. That's an interesting move, and one that perhaps he doesn't have to worry so much about. But for the rest of the eight, it is a whole different game. And to talk a little bit more about that, let's bring in Global News Washington correspondent Reggie Cicchini. Reggie, thanks so much for joining us. Got to ask, Donald Trump is so far ahead in this race. Does tonight even really matter? Well, I mean, look, it does matter in the fact that Donald Trump is the leading candidate uh, for the Republican Party right now. Uh, and it matters because he says his poll numbers are high. He says that his policies are well known uh, and that he doesn't need to be on stage. But what it doesn't allow for is him to be able to answer for anything that's either in his current legal saga or in his past political history. I mean, look, he's one of the only, if not the only person on the stage running on a record, especially on a presidential record. And if he's not there um, able to answer to anything, I think that uh, it potentially puts the other candidates in a better position to kind of put a target on Donald Trump to criticize him. And he won't be there to be able to fend off any of those comments. It's really an interesting one, Reg, because you've got Donald Trump as uh the front runner or presumed to be the front runner by a long shot, but this is the first presidential uh, primary debate. Uh, so what are the candidates going to do when it comes to policy and talking about how they would be different than uh, Joe Biden? Are they even going to address that? Is that going to be a concentration? Sure. I think that for, for all eight people that are on stage, this is going to be an opportunity not just to attack the kind of elephant that's not in the room uh, with Donald Trump not being there. This is an opportunity for them to focus on the present and what they see is a struggling and failing economy across the United States that they put the blame on the shoulders uh, of President Joe Biden. And this will be an opportunity not only for these candidates, many of them to kind of introduce themselves to the American public, uh, but also to hit back at what they see are problems that are coming out of the Oval Office. You are going to hear uh, the economy discussed. You are going to hear inflation discussed. You are going to hear uh, money repeated over and over again. Um, and, and this is that opportunity for the eight on stage to take the policies that some people may know about and expand on them. It's really going to be a test for Ron DeSantis. He is the number one on the stage, the number two in the crowd. And he has some policies that have failed him as of recent and have become a bit of a target. He now becomes the biggest target on the stage. So does he have Ron DeSantis the most to gain, the most to lose? Would that be fair to say? 
combination of both. He has the most to gain here in that he can pitch himself as the alternative to Trump. He's further right than Trump. He carries the Trumpism flag higher than anyone else on stage does, uh, including Trump's former vice president, Mike Pence. But he also has the most to lose here. This is going to be the brightest spotlight that is on Ron DeSantis since he entered this race. And if he doesn't have kind of a, a gotcha moment or a, a kind of big moment where he's able to put the target on somebody else that might not even be Donald Trump, um, he is going to potentially sink here, especially because uh, he came out strong. He has really been flaming out over the last few weeks. And many of the policies that have been going play in place in Florida have, have found themselves criticized by some of the Republican candidates on stage. And if he can't come out from that, uh, this could be a, a difficult moment for, for DeSantis to try and run forward and say, look, it should be me. Is there any possibility we may see some surprises, somebody coming out and saying something that's really shocking and that's going to stir things up and make some new headlines? Sure, it's possible. I mean, you have people that are on the lower rung of this uh, campaign right now that are actively trying to get themselves a bigger name, that are trying to find themselves uh, in a position of more people knowing who they are. And that includes Vivek Ramaswamy, who has come out as a staunch Trump supporter while trying to appeal to a different part of the Republican base. And look, uh, he's he's in the low you know, double digits right now and in around 10 or 11 percent. But that's good enough for number three. So there's a chance here that he could come out um, you know, stronger than he did going in. The similar situation for someone like Chris Christie. He is vehemently opposed to another Trump term uh, and has become one of the biggest critics of the former president. Uh, he oftentimes is sharp with the jabs, uh, and we can expect that there are going to be sound bites from Chris Christie, maybe even from Mike Pence, who have been both critical of Donald Trump, his past, the last few months of Trump's presidency, uh, and how he's been conducting himself as of late. We know that Trump did a pre-recorded interview with Tucker Carlson earlier, and uh, that's going to air simultaneously at the same time tonight at 6 o'clock uh, Pacific time as the actual debate. What is the reason for that, and what's Donald Trump himself going to be doing if this thing is pre-recorded? Well, I mean, look, Donald Trump's going to watch the election. I mean, if rather the, the debate, if anybody's watching Trump's, you know, truth social account, you're likely going to see posts being made that are critical of the people that are on stage. And look, the reason that he opted to sit down with uh, with Tucker Carlson, you know, former Fox News host, putting this out on the platform once known uh, as Twitter is simply a way to counter program this. He doesn't think that he that the spotlight needs to be fully on eight people debating. He thinks that he can pull some of the voting base in his direction by doing something that's online uh, and, and by not being, you know, um, kind of bound by the confines of a moderated debate. Tucker Carlson is very likely going to allow Trump to say things without checking or countering some of the things that Trump is saying, and it allows him to go off the cuff and to speak freely at the same time, though, being potentially mindful that what he does say could come back to get him because he has several you know, lawyers and district attorneys and judges telling him that he needs to watch his mouth. All I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. The words of Donald Trump. He still contends that he is an innocent man and it's democracy that's on trial tomorrow. Global News 
Washington correspondent Reggie Cicchini continues with us from Atlanta, Georgia. Reggie, the king of the double down, Donald Trump, still thinks he's innocent of interfering in the election, including trying to influence the results in Georgia. What do you think? Sure. I mean, this is no different than any of the other uh, indictments and arrests that we've seen of Donald Trump in the past. He's been arrested three times already. Uh, This is now going to be the fourth. He continues to use his social media account and his um, surrogates to push back by claiming that he's not only innocent, but doubling down on the claims of 2020 election fraud, both at the national level and here uh, in Georgia. And he is he is making this a spectacle about himself, putting the spotlight on himself, discussing his own arrest, saying that this is for the American people, you know, courtesy of weaponized justice systems around the U.S. But at the end of the day, Trump is treating this simply like another political campaign matter, despite the fact that he is about to find himself being fingerprinted and have his weight and height taken and a mugshot taken that's likely going to be released publicly. A lot is uh, being made of whether he's going to be angry or not, whether he is angry or not. What do you expect to see? Well, I mean, look, I think Donald Trump is potentially angry here. And, you know, he's, he's got a team around him that's working to ensure that this goes in his uh, in his favor. But at the end of the day, you know, how, how Trump deals with tomorrow is likely going to be uh, the same that we've seen in the past. He's going to use this as an opportunity to fundraise and whatever anger may be boiling up inside of him because uh, he is you know, finding himself backed further and further into a corner. Uh, it ultimately works, at least financially, at the end of the day, because at the end of each uh, arrest, at the end of each arraignment, we see his fundraising numbers go up and his campaign is able to use this as an opportunity to say, look, this is Democrats. This is X, Y and Z going after your favorite president. So regardless of how Trump feels on the inside, it's what's on the outside that most of his supporters are looking for. And if he comes across as someone that's you know sticking it out and strong through all of this, at the end of the day, it works for him politically. What about Rudy Giuliani? Now, we know that he turned himself in earlier this afternoon. Is he going to be friend or foe for Donald Trump? Well, I mean, look, Don, uh, Rudy Giuliani is, is struggling, at least financially here. And we know that he went to former President Trump looking for uh, a bit of a handout to try and cover off some of the legal bills that are coming in. Legal bills that are coming in because Rudy Giuliani tied himself to these bogus claims of fraud. And there are consequences with that now. Look, I think anybody who is tied to these indictments is going to do what's best for them, both you know, potentially politically, but also in the long term for their own uh, you know, legal way forward. And if it means that Rudy Giuliani has to still defend the, the former president, but, you know, does so in a way that makes him look like, you know, less of a, a, a person who's, who's involved in all of this, that's going to work for him. But at the end of the day, all of these people are tied to the former president for one simple reason, and it's they tried to keep Trump in power despite the fact that he lost an election. So friend or foe of the former president, he has been implicated at the state level and at the federal level for his actions. We also know that Donald Trump is somewhat disappointed with uh, Rudy Giuliani not coming up with evidence of fraud. That was his one job. Uh, Is Donald Trump going to throw Rudy under the bus yet again? I mean, look, it's possible. Trump is is known to throw anyone under the bus so long as it can potentially save him in the future. And I mean, look, even Trump uh, just this week on Monday was supposed to come out with a news conference to, to provide this new evidence that showed that there was some kind of um, you know, interference or fraud in the 2020 election. And ultimately, his lawyers had to talk him out of that. So he's still going strong with this. And whether it's Rudy Giuliani that's thrown under the bus 
or another lawyer attached to him, Sidney Powell or John Eastman, or if he even decides to throw his own former chief of staff under the bus, Mark Meadows, who's actively trying to you know, save his own political hide here, um, Trump is in it for himself, and he will do what he can to ensure that he comes out strongest. Reg, what else are you expecting to see, and what should we be watching for as this all plays out tomorrow? Well, yeah, I mean, what to watch for uh, is is any comment that comes from the former president after the arrest takes place and in the two weeks. We've got his arrest on Thursday, but his arraignment is not scheduled till sometime after Labor Day. And he is on a kind of tightened belt here from the district attorney into what he can say about the, the, the case, what he could say about witnesses and what he can say on social media. And there's a real opportunity here that he could find himself in more political hot water based on the things that he says. So it's kind of a watch this space surrounding Donald Trump for the next 10, 11, or 12 days. But also, Bruce, there's something to watch here on Monday as he has another court case uh, that's expected in Washington, D.C. on the federal election interference case. And that's going to be when a court case is actually decided. Special counsel wants this to happen at the beginning of January. There's a lot of legal drama that's about to come down to the former president over the next 96 hours. It's going to be a very busy time for Donald Trump, not only in those hours ahead, but also in the weeks and months ahead. This is a distraction indeed. Why are the other GOP candidates not playing this whole thing out as Donald Trump is simply distracted and leaving it there? Why are they coming to his defense? At the end of the day, it all has to do with support and it has to do with numbers. Donald Trump still has a commanding lead on the Republican Party and on the Republican voter. Uh, and by, by, by angering the voter, you potentially distance yourself from a vote that you might need, regardless uh, of whether Trump is in the race or not. So these candidates, some of them, are trying to carry Trumpism forward, trying to ensure that they're being friendly to Donald Trump, while potentially sidestepping the legal matters that he's found himself in, at the same time not angering the person that they're ultimately going to need if Trump is out, and they're the one who wants to secure this nomination. Okay, Reggie, thanks so much. Appreciate that.